Hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is a Locked On NFL podcast, and we're just going to keep rolling along through free agency here. It's actually calmed down a little, you know, a little. If this was any other day of the year, you'd be thinking it's the craziest day ever. But we got, how many topics do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight dudes to discuss of major moves, worth talking about type of moves. I urge you to check out the last two podcasts for all the biggest news, you know, cousins and those type of things. But there's some good big things here to talk about. And I also urge you to go back, that was last week, late last week, maybe Thursday. And we did a joint Locked On NFL, Locked On Dolphins podcast. And I remember talking, saying, this is the organization that maybe I understand the least, or... I put the least faith or I disagree with the most how they allocate their resources. And this goes back to the latest news today is Mike Pouncey is being released. He's been injured. He's really expensive. He's one of those guys that I said in that podcast that's making, he's like a nine, $10 million cap hit. Should be noted that the when he's on the field, he's great, and the line has been much better statistically when he's on the field as opposed to injured. They've neglected the guard position basically as bad as any team in the league. So now they have Tunsil and James, and Tunsil didn't acclimate the left tackle as well as I had thought he would. James was almost a cap casualty, the right tackle, and the interior of the O-line is junk. Now, they're freeing up cap space, and they can go, you know, address this position, and they better, especially in the draft, and it's a good interior line draft. But I think what's really going on here, what I'm getting at here, is I very much believe the Dolphins, whether they're, quote, know what they're doing, a bunch of you on Twitter are like, this organization doesn't know what they're doing, and I sort of implied that a little bit in the joint podcast, and obviously they know what they're doing, but I just don't agree with how they go about doing business. But I think it is pretty clear that Gase and company are really pushing through a culture change there. Why was Jay Ajayi traded late last year? He didn't fit the system. He wasn't working hard enough. Let's give him to the Eagles, ship him out, make room for Drake. Should they transfer you know, should they sign Jarvis Landry long term or should they even franchise him or just let him go? And all the rumblings you heard pre franchise tag were He's a malcontent. They want him out of the building. You know, those type of things. Then they cut Sue. You know, another fixture and a massive cap hit. Oh, by the way, these guys are making a ton of money. And then Pouncey. Like, all the big name leader types are being shipped out, cut. You know, is it a culture change thing? I certainly think it is. Or is it, or and or, is it just... We need to change where we're spending our money, you know? Interesting, you know? I mean, could the Dolphins be 4-12 and this year? Absolutely. So, another culture move I wanted to bring up, and I talked about on Twitter. Frank Gore signs with the Lions. And I want to lump this into Stewart with the Giants, too. Like, are there two worse running games than Detroit and the Giants, you know, over the last two years, particularly? And Detroit's has been so bad. So you bring in these two 
veterans, to, that's kind of a kind word, for, especially with these guys at their stage in the career, that are maybe over the hill or certainly on the back nine of their career, end of their career. They're probably on like hole 16 or 17 of an 18-hole course. They don't help you at all on special teams. They're going to eat a roster spot. And you have Gallman in New York. You have Abdullah. You have Redick. And most teams only keep three or four backs. So I wonder now if, if Abdullah is on the trading block too. Side note. So are these guys signed thinking they're going to help us and that's the answer to all of our running game problems that have been so awful lately? Or are they brought in? And remember, the Giants staff is very familiar with Stewart and Gore's resume speaks for himself. I mean, and he's still playing really well. I mean, still playing well, not really, really well, but well. Are they brought in to be Barkley, Geis, Chubb, Michelle, some early running back picks mentor. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of what I thought when they signed Frank Gore. It can't be like, boy, we don't have to worry about the running back position. We signed Frank Gore. We're all set. And again, he's still good. But then do you draft Geis in the first round and say, okay, Darius, you sit here and you learn from Frank and he'll get you set straight because he's the ultimate professional, pass protection, every little thing about the position. So that's interesting. I mean, I think those are more culture moves is my hunch. Another one that's kind of an interesting culture move, and some of these kind of all lumped together in that way, is Jordy Nelson is going to be a Raider now. That's new news. By the time you listen to this, Crabtree might not be a Raider anymore. You know, there was talk that if they sign Crab, you know, there was there was talk early Crabtree could be a cap casualty. If they sign Jordy, I've been here in the last day or two since Jordy's been released that Crabtree could then be subsequently released from Oakland. Uh, maybe that's already happened by the time you listen to this, but not by the time I'm recording. I don't love the move. I mean, I've been saying for a while that he ain't what he used to be, and I really think he's a product of Rodgers the last couple of years. And if I were in the market for a wide receiver in Oakland, I would be looking for speed. And, I don't, and at one point, Jordy was a deep downfield threat, and I don't think that's what he is anymore. I am interested to see, can him and Carr get some kind of rapport going on back shoulder fades and those type of things? I'm not saying Carr's Rodgers, but, you know, that's what they did really well together. Could Nelson and Carr, you know, recreate some of that magic? I could certainly see that. But is Nelson even better than Crabtree right at this point in their careers? I mean, I don't think so. And... If you're going to, if you replace Crabtree with Nelson, I still think you better draft one. And if you don't, then I guess Crabtree's your slot, and that's okay. But you know, who's the field stretcher? I don't know. I'm not big on this move. Um, a move I do really like, and really the ultimate super freak is Julius Peppers. He of course returns to Carolina. He had like 11 or 12 sacks last year, and only played like 400 snaps. I mean. Some of you young pups might not remember this, but when he came out of school, I mean, speaking of Carr, Carr's older brother was the first pick in that draft, and Julius was number two. He was a Miles Garrett-type prospect, maybe even better. I mean, like, the best defensive end prospect we've ever seen. And in his spare time, some of you know this, some of you younger guys probably don't, he was the sixth man on his college basketball team, which is pretty darn impressive, 
But his college basketball team was North Carolina, the ultimate like powerhouse Michael Jordan type school. And Peppers was a valuable, valuable member of that basketball team, as well as being the freakiest DN we've ever seen at 6'6", 280. And he's still going and going and playing extremely well and has returned home to the Carolinas. And um, again, I think he not only more so than Gore or Jordy or Stewart or some of these dudes I've mentioned, the older dudes, will be a major contributor again this year. He was, like I said, he had doubled his sacks last year. It's like 38 years old. But he also would be a fantastic mentor uh, for Landry from Boston College or Davenport or, you know, a, an edge guy. And Carolina is going to be a rush four, drop seven, um, linebackers covering a ton of ground type of defense that they used to be, I think. Uh, they, they blitzed a lot more last year. So they, they are going to put a lot of stress and, and you know, uh, a lot of emphasis on those positions. And Pepper should contribute now and should be really useful down the road, too, for, you know, the next guy. It was a little trade, but quarterback trades are important. And Simeon, Trevor Simeon, goes to the Vikes. And I did mention in my cousin's, you know, uh, discussion with you guys yesterday, the day before, Vikes better add another veteran. And this is like the perfect one because Simeon doesn't cost anything. That's huge. He has starting experience. He's smart. He can move an offense at least, you know. I mean, so it's not like you got a $5 million backup behind a $30 million starter. I think that's a great move. So a little bit of insurance. I'm not saying he's this year's Nick Foles, you know, if Wentz goes down, that he's going to lead you to the Super Bowl. But if Cousins is hurt for two, three weeks, he should be able to man the ship and hand the ball off to Cook and good defense and make some throws to those good receivers. And it paves the way for another quarterback, obviously, to Denver. I mean, I don't think Denver wants to move on from Lynch yet. I mean, maybe maybe they would end as the preseason goes along. Um, Keenum's obviously going to be the man. But my hunch is you still probably draft one with that first-round pick or, you know, the early second one possibly. You know, I think you add some other rookie here for a potentially long-term plan. Although yesterday I did say, wouldn't shock me if they took Quentin Nelson and just said, screw it, we're just going to be the best line we can and just mash people. So, But it does open a roster spot for a quarterback. Another quarterback is kind of the final domino and that's not to say that he was the worst or he's your total consolation prize for the Bills, but McCarron goes to Buffalo. I'm fine with this. I mean, the writing is very much on the wall that this is a big-time trade-up. They got a bazillion draft picks. They're going to get a quarterback. I feel very confident in that. I mean, they need some things to happen, including trades. And McCarron's your placeholder. And I was never really on board of boy, this is the next Jimmy Garoppolo backup turn star. I mean, I never saw anything to really think that. But at least he's going to be last year's Mike Glennon type. And maybe better, you know, maybe worse, whatever. But this works out for Buffalo. Uh, I do think they are looking for a pocket passer type. You know, like a lot of people say, just draft Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's what they're, they're after. They, you know, they drafted uh, Peterman. They got rid of Taylor. They added McCarron. I think they're looking for a traditional pocket passer. 
They also made another move to their defensive front that I like a lot. Uh, Trent Murphy. He's he's versatile. He's tough. In their four three type, I think. I mean, he's an end, but he can also bump inside, even though he's not huge. I mean, he plays strong. He plays the run well. He's not super dynamic, and I don't want him on the field every snap, but valuable contributor to your defensive line in, in several capacities. So I like the Murphy signing. Um, the Saints made two nice defensive additions, and it didn't, doesn't seem like it got a lot of pub, but the the Saints signed Robinson, slot corner from the Eagles, who played really, really well. And you might think, well, they got Lattimore, and you know they have that young safety, they have that young secondary that they drafted so well, and the rookies, Crawley. Why would you need another corner? Well, they didn't really have a slot guy. You know, they, he just keeps Lattimore and Crawley on the outside. Robinson immediately steps in as a high-end slot corner for them, with experience, coming off a Super Bowl. I love it. As for their linebackers. And Zaloni and Teow and Klein and all those guys, I thought collectively played okay. You know, the linebacker's been a problem in New Orleans on an awful defense for a long time. But I thought they that their overall linebacker play was average, which for this team was an upgrade. I mean, they didn't have a above-average starter, but I thought the linebacker play as a whole was okay, you know? Now they add Demario Davis from the Jets, who's coming off a really good year, and I think he's immediately their best second-level player. Interior blitzer, size, can run, can cover tight ends a little, can cover ground. Um, nice pickup, you know, in the prime of his career. That bumps all those other dudes I mentioned down a rung. You know, that Davis now is the top dog, should have the headset in his in his helmet type of guy. Um, can you know play all three downs? So I really like that pickup. I mean, I, I think they need an edge pass rusher and whatnot. But to help that defense, they had two nice back seven additions for the Saints. Last topic of discussion, and maybe this changes by the time you listen to it. Things happen fast. But Namakong Su, who I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm hearing four names. He was in Seattle yesterday. He's supposed to be in New Orleans today. Um, Dallas and New England are the other two that have been thrown around. This guy's a whale. I mean, in terms of you're going fishing for free agents, there's still one whale out in the, in the ocean. Namakong Su, total superstar. And I talked about, you know, those two nice additions for the Saints, but imagine if you put Su there, you know, Su and Rankins and Jordan. Whew. I mean, now you might have a good defense. Seattle. Another team that's gone through major, major culture changes. And, you know, they moved on from Sherman. I've told you guys this. Moving on from Sherman and Bennett, they didn't save that much. It's a little different than Miami that way. That In a way, you get the hunch that they just kind of want them out of the building. And that's not to say Sue's a bad guy and that's, that would be going down the same road. He's a great player. Their defense, they, they've been as great as the Legion of Boom is and all that, but their defensive line has been awesome with a variety of so many players over the years. Sue would be a foundation dude that would really bring that defense back to not where it was, but, whoa, okay, now they're not maybe taking that huge step back that it looks like they're going to. Dallas could absolutely use them. There's no doubt they could use an interior pass rusher. 
go a very long way to completing their defense. I mean, Sue's a superstar. Sue's a top 12 defensive player in this league. He'd go a long way to completing any defense. New England, um, maybe he wants to win and he's calling them. It's not really what they ask of their defensive tackles. You know, they just traded for Shelton. They have Brown. They're just moving on from Branch. They want Hogs in the middle. But we know it's a very versatile scheme, and they would probably use him not outside the tackles, but maybe as like a 3-4 defensive end type, and certainly on passing downs on the interior. Um, the Saints are the one that really has me intrigued, though. Like, if he goes to the Saints, I, I like their chances of really contending this year. So, okay, um, I assume tomorrow we'll have enough content to make a show similar to today. Um, another 10 dudes will probably sign. And my hunch is next week we might just start going team by team, division by division, recapping things. What do we do now was the draft approaches type of, you know, a state of the union for each team. Um, where are we at now that the big wave has hit? So, all right, spread the word on the whole Locked On Network. Over and out.